Looking for an inside scoop on the latest findings from ESET's telemetry data? In this episode, we dissect the biggest ransomware story of 2023, examine the rise of malicious domains abusing the chat GPT name, and delve into the emergence of Pandora, a botnet that's enslaving Android TV boxes. In just a little time, we'll uncover an intricate world of cyber threats lurking in your digital neighborhood. My name is Ari Goretsky. I'm ESET's Distinguished Researcher and the host of the ESET Research Podcast. In today's episode, I'll dig into some of the most serious cybersecurity events that were laid bare in our H2 2023 threat report. I'll be speaking with one of the report's authors, ESET Security Awareness Specialist, Renee Holt. Hey, Renee. Hey, Ari. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. So let's jump right in. Um, talking about new trends, ChatGPT was launched just over a year ago and has sparked a lot of discussions about how it may enable cybercrime. In truth, there's a whole new economy that's exploded around OpenAI, GPT large language models, and uh, various vendors. Um, how have we seen cyber criminals abusing chat GPT in malicious domains? Can you tell us what you found there? Yeah. So what we've seen is that OpenAI has obviously trained several AI models, um, which we know as GPT, Dolly, and Whisper. And they built a chatbot called ChatGPT uh, that uses the GPT model. And they also released an API that allows developers to build apps that can use those models. So because ChatGPT has become so popular since its release in late 2022, uh, cyber criminals uh, have wanted to capitalize on that. And they started creating websites where the domain name would actually have the word ChatGPT or some variation of that included in it. Now, what we found at looking at some of these websites is that while some of them would offer open AI services, some of them were actually posing threats as well. And basically we saw two different types of threats. So there were web apps that insecurely handle the open AI API key you need to use the API. And then there were also malicious Google Chrome browser extensions for ChatGPT. Uh, in the year 2023, we saw over 675,000 attempts to access these malicious domains. That's a lot. And you know, I suppose it, it goes towards the, the success of ChatGPT and large language models that uh, criminals have been uh, attracted to it. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about um, how these are uh, potentially malicious? What sort of threat they're bringing or delivering? So concerning these web apps, um, some developers have built what are called bring your own key apps. So what that means is that if you want to use the app, 
you have to go to the OpenAI website, obtain an API key, and then when you go back to the web app and you submit your API key. Now, the risk of doing this is that you probably have no idea what the app is doing exactly with your key. Yes, maybe the app is going to make the call to the OpenAI API for you so that you get the service that's been promised by the app, but you're also not sure that maybe they're also using the key uh, for other bad things that you're not aware of. Essentially, do you trust this web app developer with your key? So if all of a sudden you see your open AI bill mysteriously skyrocketing because you have to pay for the use of the open AI API through that key, then that's probably linked back to the time when you shared your key to such web apps. So unless the web app developer can prove their trustworthiness to you in some way, it's best to never share your API key. And that's the same advice that OpenAI gives on their website. A better solution for these web app developers is to use a separate authorization and billing mechanism to pay for the API calls. Hmm. So it, it sounds like the newest AI generative technology has a risk from the oldest type of crime that there is, theft. That's That's... An interesting mix of uh, old and new and how cyber threats sometimes evolve and sometimes it's just a matter of finding the latest uh, thing to steal. This time, API keys. Interesting stuff. So let's talk about the biggest ransomware story of, well, the, the past half year, uh, the move it hacked. Renee, what, what happened? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so this was an interesting story because uh, the MoveIt hack was conducted by a ransomware group known as CLOP or CL0P. And what's interesting is that even though this was a ransomware group, they didn't actually deploy ransomware. They did everything leading up to that possibility, but they didn't make that final step. What they did is they exploited a zero-day vulnerability in the MoveIt software. Now, MoveIt is a managed transfer software. So by exploiting this vulnerability, the attackers were able to escalate their privileges, gain unauthorized access to the data stored by this software. And we think that it's probably because the attack was so huge that they decided that encrypting the data of every single victim was too laborious, not something that was worth doing. So, um, from from research that we've seen, we we know that the the impact of this hack was huge, with just large corporate victim after large corporate victim being announced. Um, as many as uh, uh, twenty six hundred, or actually little little more, um, are known, and um, the cost, and I have to say the estimated cost um, of this, that the damage is close to $14 billion. That's according to research from our colleagues at MSISoft and IBM. That's even more than the estimated $10 billion that NotPetya, the uh, mass-spreading worm, uh, caused. Now, um, one of the things that I was looking at in our, our threat report was I saw that um, 
the Klopp group had used uh, the clear web to leak the stolen data. Um, that's a little bit different. You know, we, we normally expect the uh, stolen data to show up on the dark web first. What's going on there? Yeah, I think in the MoveIt hack, um, this use of the clear web to leak data is kind of a new trend. And what this does is it makes the cyber incident more visible and increases pressure on the victim because the data is so easily accessible by anyone. So in a sense, it's, it's just a, a better kind of advertising for the ransomware operator. Now, it, it will be interesting to see if that continues as a trend or, you know, they continue on the dark web or who knows, find something else. So in contrast to Mosey, which we talked about elsewhere uh, in the threat report, um, the Pandora botnet has been um, increasingly causing havoc. Can you tell us a bit more about this botnet and uh, how it operates? Yeah, sure. This is actually uh, a new uh, IoT or Internet of Things botnet that we saw spring to life in September of 2023. Um, basically, this botnet is made up of Android devices, mostly Android TV boxes. And the botnet uses a type of malware that's based off of Mirai, which is a different botnet. Once these Android devices are infested by Pandora, then we've seen that they're typically used for uh, DDoS or distributed denial of service attacks. Can you tell us more? You, you mentioned that these are Android TV boxes. Are these set-top boxes that you get from your TV provider? Is it something you buy? Where do these uh, come from and, and how are they being targeted? Yeah, I think you can think of it as a box, uh, but also it could be like a dongle or, or a stick. Um, often if you have uh, a TV in your house, but there's no, let's say, connection to the internet, it's not a smart TV, then you can use one of these uh, USB sticks, is what, is what it looks like, stick it in, and all of a sudden you have access to apps and other content like movies or and so on so that that these are the types of uh, devices that are being targeted mm, okay so uh, these are things that i would typically purchase from an online marketplace and um, get delivered to my house how large is the spotnet um is it just affecting a few devices a few people has it been fairly extensive? What can you tell us about the size um, you know, so far? Yeah, yeah, we are talking here about tens of thousands of Android devices. Um, about 20% of those are being detected by ESEC technology directly on victims' TV sets. So... The biggest spike that we've seen in activity happened on September the 8th, uh, and that had over 2,000 uh, attacks. You, typically, uh, most Android devices being attacked are Latin America, and that would be especially in Brazil, Mexico, and Peru. And it's interesting. So 
how is the the bot, the actual malware that makes up Pendor, um, getting onto these devices? Yeah, I think there are two possibilities that we are thinking of how this could happen. Um, one is that there could be a malicious firm, firmware update uh, that's installed on the Android TV box by the reseller. Uh, another possibility is that there are websites uh, which will spread malicious apps. Uh, these could be apps like uh, Magis TV, Telelatino, uh, UCNet. And what these apps will do is they'll provide a streaming service, pirated content, uh, free movies, essentially. And what that does is it makes the user less inclined to notice or remove any malware because they have this uh, free content. Ah, so it's it's a potentially unwanted application that it's kind of masquerading as, but it's really a, a very unwanted application, I guess we could say. Um, actual malware. Now, these apps, I assume that they're sideloaded onto the device. It's not something that you find in your device uh, operating system vendors app store. No, I as far as we can tell, we haven't seen it in official um, app marketplaces. It's primarily through malicious websites um, or the other possibility, of course, is, is the resellers. Okay. So either comes preloaded or the person intentionally goes looking for something for nothing and ends up getting a DDoS uh, delivery system for nothing. Ah, wonderful. That's um, that's kind of devious. Yeah, e either way, um, it, however it gets on the box. I know that Mirai, you know, she's been around for several years now, um, affects a variety of of platforms, um, different CPU architectures, different operating systems. Um, has this Pandora kind of expanded into that niche? Has it begun to fill those? Or, um, you know, are we still seeing parallel percentage growths in, in both of these or just a shift over? What's, what's it look like there? Yeah, so I think in the botnet scene, um, there are several botnets that are based on the Mirai malware. Uh, these could be like uh, GAFGIT, Botena Go, Doflu, Tsunami, Zero, and there are others. Uh, and Pandora is one of these as well. Now, Pandora has only risen to the scene recently, but we do see that it is on the rise. So that's why it's important to be aware uh, of it. The other botnets uh, based on Mirai, they do constitute a huge uh, number of attacks. For example, in the second half of 2023, we saw 7.5 million attacks from these other botnets, which is a, a large number, but at the same time, that number is on the decline, uh, which is uh, an opposite trend to what we see with Pandora. Interesting. So I guess um, there's a higher return on investment for those criminals uh, with Pandora versus the other botnets. 
um, or the market for those other ones is cratered. So it's always interesting when we can piece together traffic and activity and tie that to something on uh, the back end by the uh, criminals. So, um, you know, obviously there's a lot to think about and, and take in here. Yeah, I suppose the question is, you know, you're interested in getting one of these devices. Maybe you have a dumb TV or a smart TV that's no longer getting uh, updates for the programs on it. So they, they stop working. Um, what can our listeners do to uh, protect themselves if they want to stick one of these uh, TV, Android TV boxes onto the back of their TV? Yeah, I would recommend... Um, if you're going out to purchase, uh, let's say your Amazon Fire Stick or, or whatever other uh, preferred um, USB smart enabling device that you would like to use, always go to uh, reputable stores um, where you know that you can, there's a reasonable degree of trust that you can offer, that is being offered that this stick has not been tampered with uh, that it's coming clean, and, and also uh, just stay away from pirated content. This is just another example of why downloading pirated apps or pirated software uh, leads to further problems. It's often bundled with malware, and this is just another good example of that. Uh, obviously, another thing that you can do is to use a, a security solution that can protect smart TVs. Um, so that's something else to look out for. And that, that will run just fine on these uh, dongles or boxes um, that are running Android uh, operating system. Okay. Good good advice as always. Uh, thank you for that, Renee. Um, for our listeners out there, uh, one thing I just want everyone to understand is we've actually covered just about a third of the leading stories from the threat report, which covers all of the impactful and interesting threats that we've seen in the second half of 2023. Um, some of the things that we just didn't have time to get into today were uh, a new family of Android spyware, uh, an update on the Mosey botnet, uh, a new crypto stealer, and some other things. If you'd like to learn more about these, the research that we've conducted and how we protect against them, uh, you can find the threat report on ESET's We Live Security blog. Renee, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to having you on in sometime in the future. Yeah, thanks, Hari. Glad to join. This has been an episode of the ESET Research Podcast. If you have a question, a comment, or suggestion about what you've heard, feel free to reach out to us at researchpodcast at eset.com. For more insights, information, and threat intelligence, follow us on Twitter or Mastodon at ESET Research, or read the latest blogs and reports on welivesecurity.com. Our special guest today was Security Awareness Specialist Renee Holt. This episode has been hosted by me, Ari Goretsky. Our audio engineer for today's episode was Andre Kubovich. Until the next time, stay safe out there.